0: Welcome to the Godly Manhood Podcast, where we seek to encourage men to consider how they can grow in godliness as men, husbands, and fathers by sustaining themselves with God's Word and applying it in their daily lives. My name is Emery Phipps. I'm a student minister at Koinos Church in Troy, Ohio,
1: and I'm Brian Barnes. I'm an elder and life group leader at Koinos Church.
0: Hey, thanks for being back with us this week. Um, we're going to tackle a fun topic.
1: Yeah, it's a nice we're one.
0: <laughs> decide which receipts we're bringing and who we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about false teachers this week and just the idea of discernment when it comes to that because i see some of y'all's facebook posts and you need this podcast
1: <laughs> oh, all right what was the time that was at 20 seconds before the first shot was fired at our our, <laughs> our faithful listeners this season there's a great christian hardcore band called haste the day and they have a record called burning bridges and i think tonight we're in that category i, I hope i fear that we may be touching on some ground that's a little controversial.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think there's going to be some people who just say, hey, I enjoy this person. I like this. I I think there's value. I I have gained something from this person, so it may hurt a little bit. But we just want to be honest with you. I, th- I think with Scripture tonight, we can show and verify why we would lump some of these people into some of these categories. And we want you ultimately to be discerning about who you listen to. What are you spending your time doing? If I could encourage you to spend your time listening to someone who's going to grow you in your faith, give you a depth of knowledge that you maybe don't have or say, hey, this guy's going to make you feel real good about yourself. I'm going to push you to the guy who's going to hurt you a little bit so that you grow.
1: Yeah. So the whole idea tonight is we're talking about bad teachers, false teachers, false prophets, some even in the heretic category, and how to identify that, and then how to find and identify solid Bible teaching teachers and preachers to sit under, to learn, to grow in knowledge and understanding of God's word and who he is uh, and who you are to him and all of that really, really important stuff. And trying to help you just sort of uh, have some discernment as you navigate all of that, because uh, there's some words that we've already thrown around, but I, I like the word uh, you, you, charlatan, you have a list. I, sorry to spoiler that, but you know, there's some charlatans out there. There are some, some false teachers and preachers. There are people who are really good at getting you fired up and motivated and feeling good but maybe you leave that sermon with zero knowledge of God's word because you felt good and it it pumped you up and it made you feel something. And there was an emotional response to this this communicator. But were they there with the aim of glorifying God, proclaiming the name of Jesus, exegeting scripture, to use a fancy word for that. But there's a lot of really great pastors out there and life is too short to sit under bad doctrine.
0: That's what I say about guns sometimes. Life's too short to shoot an ugly pistol. <laughs> so I think it, I, I don't know if that ties in specifically, but that's what I, I thought of as soon as you said that.
1: That's interesting. I, I didn't realize that some pistols were ugly. I guess there are some ugly pistols. There are some ugly
0: pistols. Yeah. I
1: think of those old German ones from World War II, the real square ones. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, we're off track already. That took two minutes. So we're firing on all cylinders. It's going
0: to be times. a long one. So. <laughs>
1: So what is a what is a false teacher, Emery? When when you hear that that phrase, a false teacher, a bad pastor, somebody that uh, is not meeting the the spiritual or the I'm sorry, the biblical mark for a solid teacher.
0: You want me to just name names? <laughs> no. Okay. So so when I think of this, you know, as I'm considering something, when I'm looking at someone, and we'll probably hit on this a little bit more, um, but you know, just that initial question: is what is a false teacher? It kind of goes back to what you said there, Brian, a minute ago about. How are you utilizing God when you speak to people? Mm. Is He somebody who you are declaring as holy, someone you are honoring with your words, who you're trying to proclaim as the God of the universe? Are you doing it so you can be this little God on the stage for a minute, getting all of the acclaim? Who's getting the glory when you preach? Right. Is the glory coming to you and your gelled back hair and your wardrobe you put on in the green room? or right. wherever. I'm sure there's heretics at small churches and, and things too, but...
1: And there are probably some really well-dressed,
0: good preachers. Yeah, definitely. And some with awesome sneakers. I haven't met any yet, but I know they're out there. I have faith. That's a gauge. Like, if I look at you, I'm like, uh, dude, that outfit's a little too nice. I heard a pastor say uh, that the
1: pulpit drives the church. You know, like, that's where you're looking. That's who you're listening to. That's who's teaching and leading. But also... If you're like the fanciest like dude in the room, you're wearing a whatever like the 2023 version of a three piece tuxedo, like or like a cummerbund. Uh, you know, you're are you are you meeting your people where they are? You know, I think I think of that sometimes. Like you're gonna attract people like you probably. And our pastor, God bless him, he'll tell you if he ever looks good, he's like my wife picked out this shirt, <laughs> which I love. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have fashion is not my strong point.
0: No, it's not. But he's rocking an awesome beard now. Yeah, hey, it looks great. It looks awesome. Looks smarter. Looks wiser. I like certainly handsomer, if that's a word. I told him this morning at the staff meeting I listened to him more on Sunday mornings because of the beard. And There's so,
1: more authority in that beard. Definitely. Yeah. There's a great Spurgeon quote about beards that I'll find for the end of this. We'll we'll end it with that.
0: Okay. I'm not even gonna make it five minutes into this. I'm gonna drop Tim Chalice's name. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm just talking about him. So Tim Chalys, I talk about him a lot. We joke about um, resources and things, and, and people that I tend to lean on for, because because I'm a dumb marine grunt. I need it simple and his visual theology and the way he lays things out are really good. You know, Dave just gave a thumbs up like, yes, you are. Affirm. <laughs> Affirms that. But he has a great table on, um, he did a series on false doctrines and false teachers a few years back, and he has a table on a blog. He's known, that's how he came to fame, was a blogger. Basically, he's a great pastor, great author. But he has a Table that he put together and he, he has it laid out with content. You know, what's the content? And then he has it laid out true or false. And some of the topics he has there he has um, the content being the origin of, of the earth and origin of all things. True is creator, false would be creation. The authority, biblical authority versus unbiblical authority. Familiar, we'll talk about orthodoxy and things here in a little bit. Sure. Familiar versus unfamiliar. Quality, is it sound or unsound? Uh, is it for benefit? Is it healthy or unhealthy? We'll get into the, some different types of these people here shortly. And then the value, is it profitable or unprofitable? And I remember reading that in some scripture that we push on here all the time. Second uh, Timothy 3, 16 and 17, you know, profitable. That's one of the things that are laid out in there. And we will probably lay that verse out in more depth as we go.
1: All scripture is breathed by God profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness.
0: Again, we didn't make it What? 10 minutes. We dropped that one. We said it's gonna be in pretty much every episode. That's my Tim Chalice.
1: That's it, your Tim Challies. Second Timothy three sixteen is my Tim Challies. You
0: sound way holier than I do when you say that. Like mine's a man and yours is scripture.
1: It's just it's you know, I don't I'm I need to do more memory verses, but that one's just burned in me. I like it. it's very it's critical. It's the measuring stick. What do we think scripture is? What do we think the Bible is? We did a whole episode on it, go check it out. But if the guy up front is treating it like anything other than the inspired word of God, I got no time for this fella.
0: Yeah, true, truly, truly. It's, it's, you know, is, is it, he making it out to be about him? About uh, is, you as the listener? Yeah, it, the eisegesis. So we keep throwing out the words eisegesis and exegesis, the eisegesis. Are you reading yourself into the scripture? You know, Stephen Furtick is famous for that. You know, he's always like, is this your Goliath? You gotta be David. And it's like, no, man, like that's not what's going on there.
1: David was David. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. And and so the, fir- the very first way to measure the temperature of a of a teacher, preacher, pastor, leader in a church context is, do, are they saying anything that is contrary to scripture? That is the baseline, which is why godly men must know what the Bible says. And we did a whole episode on that. Go check that out. But the idea there is that if you don't know scripture, you're weak and you're susceptible to falling prey to bad teachers and preachers. And the worst thing you can do is Bring your family under the authority of a church that is contrary or teaching contrary to God's word or saying uh, saying anything from the pulpit that is contrary to God's word. You, you, you cannot sit under that teaching and you should not.
0: Yeah, for sure. And just being bold enough to say hey, this isn't where we should be at, even if it hurts. Or yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to this guy for years because you know what? There are people who some would say, oh, he was solid. I used to get this. I used to listen to him. And now all of a sudden they're apostate. They've, they've left the faith yeah, entirely. So we always have to be on guard for these things. Scripture tells us that we should be on guard for these things, but it we shouldn't be surprised that there's false teachers everywhere. Well, you know, the Bible said there would be. Yeah, the Bible says there's there would be. A 1 Peter 3, 3 is one um, that I've got written down here. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires. That's a great definition for a false teacher.
1: I'll go to 2 Peter 2, uh, right at the very beginning. It says, but false prophets also arose among them, just as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. Yeah, and th- there are warnings all over Scripture about false teachers, heretics, false prophets, people claiming
0: thus saith the Lord when the Lord didn't say it. We'll look at most of the epistles. Sure. A lot of warnings. All of them, like all of them, for the most part, have some sort of warning against false teaching. Yeah. So, yeah, we see that all throughout scripture. So, we should be on guard for it. We know it's going to be there. We know Satan uses that to, um, you talk to people who have dealt with church hurt. A lot of them, if you look at the church that they're involved in, there's some false teaching. Um, They probably fall into one of these categories we're going to get into here next as we're defining things. You just, so maybe we can hop into there next. Any any more to add on like just that initial? hey, These are false teachers. You got a couple more verses, or I got one that I want to just I think broaden that that idea a little bit
1: for for us. You know, we it, it, we are susceptible to things. We can't be on guard if we don't know that we need to be on guard. We can't be alert to bad teaching if we don't know what good teaching is and all of that. And in Second Timothy chapter four there's a warning about these guys coming into the fray. It says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. That is a sober warning that we desire sometimes this, our itching ears lure us away from the truth of God's word, because sometimes God's word is challenging. Like you said, It calls us to account. It should bring correction into our lives. That's the 3.16 Mm -hmm. in 2 Timothy. We should use scripture to correct our way, our nature, our thoughts and ideas, everything that looks like sin in our lives. And so when there's a pastor, a preacher, a teacher who's using unsound doctrine, because it makes you feel really good, that'll fill the seats of that building. Mm -hmm. And that's the sad thing. I mean, we talked a little bit before we started rolling here about are you growing attendance or are you growing disciples? A good pastor will be so consumed with the idea of growing disciples in that church that the itching ears thing isn't isn't a threat because he's not consumed with did we how big is the attendance did we grow the numbers of butts in the seats no no, no. are we making disciples
0: here? What's it, the whole seeker sensitive movement of of the last many years was really was really focused on that. Let's get him in here. Then we can make him disciples. It's a, like,
1: a lot of this was born in that, in, in our modern era, right? The seeker-sensitive movement. Get the people here. Say anything you need to say that looks like Jesus. Say anything that feels good. The self-help, motivational speaker type. Get the music on point. Get the fog machine. I know you're a big fog machine guy, Emory. Love it. Get Get the look. Get the vibe. Get the feel. And then at some point down the road, we'll worry about growing disciples. And that is so contrary to what Jesus did, to to what we see the early church doing. And frankly, it's destructive because if you're an inch deep in your understanding of the Bible and of God, you're were you ever really saved? Yeah. When, when it gets hard, and your back's against the wall and you don't have answers because you don't know what the Bible says, because you've been sitting under motivational speak, not biblical instruction. I worry about those people. You know, which is, I think, why we're talking about it tonight.
0: Well, You talked about there for a second about tickling ears and um, how some people are there because they like that. They want to hear that. They enjoy it. It makes them feel good. Sure, I I saw a Paul Washer clip the other day, and I'm going to butcher some of what he said there. But the gist of it was, like, I don't really feel sorry for those people in some ways because they know it's wrong. They can tell it's wrong. They can tell there's something not right about it. But it makes them feel good, so they stay. It's too easy. It's too easy. Yeah, they don't want to deal with the hardness of that. They want to say, "Oh well, this is this person makes me feel good. Jesus is supposed to make me feel good. My life is supposed to be good. This person's telling me that if I just trust in Jesus, everything's going to be fine, and I can, I will have bank accounts and shoes and a car like him, and maybe a private jet one day, like he's having me pay for." And and there, that, that ear tickling is kind of where it starts. Like, oh, I just want what he has. But then, I love that you said that. Look at scripture. Look at Jesus' homies,
1: the guys who rolled around with him. They got beheaded. They were killed. There are no guarantees of an easy and prosperous life if you follow Jesus. There's an identity. You're a new creature. You're a son of God. There are unbelievable gifts and blessings that are found in salvation in Christ. Mm. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you that your bank account's going to be fat. What Jesus did say is, sell everything you have and follow me. Yeah. What he said was, serve the poor. You're always going to have them with you. What he said is, pick up your cross and follow me. Like, the the and I'm not saying that a Christian life should be wrought with hardship and suffering alone. Absolutely not. But what I am saying is that it's not a lottery ticket to prosperity. That's so false. And the Bible is full of the exact opposite stories. And also men who had riches, right? There are Solomons and Davids and guys who had extraordinary success in a worldly measure, but there's a lot of
0: stories in there about everybody else. Yeah, and even those guys, whether it was their sin or not their sin, yeah, they, they were put into positions where God had to discipline or remind them, hey, you need me. You have all this stuff. You need to come running back to me. You are mine, and you need to you know repent of the sin you're in, deny yourself the things that you're trying to find all this joy in, and come to, to me. And A couple things. For one, I think a lot of people are under the spell of a lot of people we're going to talk about tonight are just not believers because they don't know what salvation is. Salvation to them is like an ATM, sure, basically, and and in their mind, and so they don't even know what they're missing really. Like their their hearts are so hardened to the truth of the gospel and what they really truly need. And then the other part that just makes me sad is they are denying themselves in many ways. The joy that comes from the hard parts of following Jesus, yeah, the joy that you have when you realize, hey. I can do nothing else but just fall on my knees and worship and ask for help in this moment from him because I can't name and claim what I need right now. I need to fall at the feet of Jesus. Yeah. And as I see people just jump on board these things, sitting as I see these these pictures of, you know, Olstein's church all set up during a week and all these thousands of people there, they're all missing that because in their minds they need the prosperity. They don't really need the gospel. Wow. Yeah, they they want to be filled up. They want to be inspired. They want to be
1: felt like somebody's making much of them in that. Yeah, yeah. And look, we're painting with a lot of broad brushes. And if we say things like everybody who listens to these people or nobody who listens to these people, we understand there are exceptions to every rule, of course. And there are people who were introduced to the idea of Christianity through some of these guys. And there were preachers who are famous preachers who aren't, I would not at all call them biblically sound preachers or pastors now, but when I was 22 and checking out Jesus on YouTube, they enticed my, or like they fed the appetite. I had to like, okay, I want to learn more about Jesus and about the Bible. And now then quickly, like discernment comes through scripture um, and through through knowing about God, who God really is. And so at some point their discernment happened happened for me. But, you know, th- there are a lot of people I'm sure who were introduced to Christianity through these jokers and then grew and, and went from there quickly
0: there's a movie called American Gospel, Christ Alone. And a lot of times they'll have it out on YouTube. If they do so I'll put a link in the show notes to okay. at least the first part of that. Totally worth the cost of whatever it is. But they, there's multiple people within that show because it points out these people who are like, hey, I I was actually listening to this person and was really deep in the prosperity gospel specifically. And then I stumbled on this John Piper sermon where he kind of attacked it. And I'm like, wow, that guy's right on all this other stuff, but not that. So he started watching other sermons like, man, this guy's really good here too. And then he started studying the scripture and he's like, oh wait, he's actually right. These guys are wrong on what scripture says. And now he's a faithful pastor and and preaching and teaching others and then using that platform and that testimony to encourage others. And he'll say, hey, I know that I was saved. I was a genuine Christian follower of Jesus. I was just wrapped up and listening to these people and following a wrong doctrine. Mm. and just talks about his his journey from that. And there's multiple people in there that do it. So so how do we identify
1: doctrine? You just said doctrine. I think we, we need to talk about what it is and then how do we look for the good and, and how do we identify the bad? I think that would help some people maybe who are kind of newer to Christianity or who are checking out some of these online preachers and maybe they're going, hey, is this guy any good? Maybe he is. And and we should be able to talk about how you figure that out.
0: So true doctrine and false doctrine. I think we there, there's there can only be two.
1: Yeah, yeah. The like right
0: that. one and the wrong one. True doctrine or false doctrine. Kind of what I said said before. You know, the content originates with man and false doctrine. It doesn't come from the Bible, so the authority is questioned of it. It's it's this person's feelings, this other extra biblical source is the root tradition can be a big one in false doctrines and teachings. Sure. Um, it can it contradicts a portion of scripture. You know. Scripture's not going to contradict itself. We talked about that a few episodes ago. Yeah, it's not going to contradict itself. so it's consistent. Um, and such doc- that doctrine's unsound. It's unsound. So the quality I've talked about, I, I just kind of went through these on the thing, but it's unhealthy, unprofitable. And, and we really have a responsibility to reject it once we recognize it, once we see there's a little bit of a chink in the armor, like, oh man I need to investigate this more and see what it is. And you know doctrine really, it's, it's not theology. Doctrine isn't theology. They're, they're related, but theology is a the study of God. Doctrine is the broader term that, this is a Chalice quote, doctrine is the broader term that refers to the Bible's teaching regardless of how it is categorized.
1: Yeah, so doctrine is teaching of the Bible. So it, it's the Bible's position on different topics. So the one that I've been spending a lot of time researching here lately is, is around inerrancy. How do you feel about God's word? Do you believe that it is without error, that it is infallible, that it is the word of God? If the preacher you're sitting under doesn't hold to that view, and many preachers don't.
0: It's mm, shocking how many don't.
1: Many denominations don't. Yeah. Mainline, very large denominations in the U.S. do not believe that the Bible is the inerrant, inspired word of God. They might write a statement of faith that sounds like you, if you weren't really paying attention, you'd come away from it and be like, yeah, they think the Bible's God's word. Yep. They do, but they don't believe that it is perfect. They don't believe that it is infallible. They don't believe it's without error. And they believe that men got in there and jimmied with it and put it together in their own way. It was manipulated and perverted over time. And now we have the best we could have given the amount of time that has passed since it was written. That is a false doctrine.
0: I mean, we're going to get into some definitions of heresies and things like that here in a minute. The, that's where a lot of those are rooted out of. I got a Jehovah's Witness Bible over here on my my bookshelf, kind of marked up. You look at it, like this is they decided. Oh wait, this can't be right. We're going to go ahead and change this up. The Book of Mormon's added to another Testament of right. Jesus. You know, they're adding to it because in their mind it wasn't sufficient to begin with. Right. And and that's a root of some major major. So I would I label those two heresies. Right. That that we have to deal with day to day, and we're interacting with people day to day who believe it. And they're believing a false doctrine.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so, again, it really comes down to you being able to identify what the Bible says about these things. Because if you don't know what the Bible says, it's easy to get lured into bad teachers who preach and teach bad doctrine. Oh, for certain. So you have to know what the Bible says. There there was a big movement in the Baptist church in uh, the 50s through the 80s where there was a good large chunk of pastors who didn't believe— in the miracles of Jesus, they didn't believe in the virgin birth. They didn't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture. Obviously, I think that's sort of implied when you're saying parts of it aren't true, and so that created a real schism in the Baptist Church. Many denominations have gone through that. We're Baptists here, so like you know, you can still listen. You know, we, the Baptists have not been without their inerrancy controversies oh, for and they're sure. their, We're their Still not? Yeah, absolutely not. And so you have to you have to really kind of square up first and foremost. What do you think God's word is? And if you give that the authority in your life, and you say that this is the Word of God, this is God's revelation to man. That's what it says in the Baptist Faith and, Faith and Message. That's what it says other places, but it is God's revelation to man, not a record of God's revelation to man, which is what the Baptist Faith and Message said in 1963 to try to appease the progressives who are taking what they call a neo-orthodox approach to God's Word. But if you believe that the Bible is uh, God's Word for God's people and it is perfect and it is complete as it is and we don't need to add to it or take anything from it, then then you're on the right track. And we're, we're starting in a really good place. And then it comes down to, is the guy on the stage with the microphone teaching me from that book or is he making me feel really good?
0: Yeah, is, like is, he, is he asking to, me for money? Yeah, what is his authority as he's teaching?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so if you get up there and say, thus says the Lord you carry a significant burden. The Lord will judge you differently mm. as somebody that that wears the authority of pastor, preacher, teacher, elder. You have a responsibility to teach God's word as it is to God's people. And so that's where uh, the drift starts to happen when guys get really far away from God's word. And, and then you got the ear ticklers who maybe, it's not that they're teaching bad doctrine, it's that they're not even touching doctrine. You're, you're leaving there and you didn't learn anything. I know I keep coming back to those guys, but they really grab my gears.
0: Well, let's walk through that list of who they are. Let's, let's okay. tra- drop some names a little bit, man. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Um, no, nah, I'm just, I'm not really kidding, but there's, there are people that, man, they, I get fired up about it. Cause it just upsets me so bad because I, I have friends who are falling prey to these guys. They're, they're wolves. They're not shepherds. Um, they're leading lambs to slaughter basically. Um, and eternity's in the balance. So uh, so, so let's, let's talk about heretics first. We use that word kind of coming out. One of, one of the things that we want to really be clear here is like, I, I think the name heretic, the, the use of the word heretic gets dropped way too much these days. Yeah. Nowadays, every, everyone's a heretic. Oh, if you disagree with me about baptism, you're a heretic. If you're not Christian nationalist enough, you're a heretic. If you, you name it, like there's just some Theo bro somewhere on Twitter is going to be like, Oh, you're a heretic. And they just drop it like it's, there's no meaning behind it anymore. It's a big word. And it's, and it's a, that's a huge thing. You're leveling at somebody when you call them a heretic. That's the world we live in though, right? I mean, I think in the last 10
1: years, we've gone through that as a culture where, you know, everything is racist. Everything is, is, uh, you know, whatever, Marxist. Everything is communist. Everything, you know, pick a category. We just like hurl big, big weighty words with very little consequence and heretic definitely has fallen into that category.
0: Yeah, some of them are legitimate heretics. Absolutely. But I just, I want to be cautious as we go in this. Like, we're going to be very specific. And, you know, hey, we're not going to hit every person. You, as we, you listen to this, you may be like, man, they left out this guy, and he's an obvious one. Away, well, hey, we didn't make an exhaustive list. That's not what we're about tonight. We're just going to talk about some of them, maybe some that just grade on us. Sure. Some that we see shared regularly.
1: Um, Let me uh, drop a verse in here because you mentioned wolves and I think that this this will set up the heresy conversation, the heretic conversation. Acts 20, beginning in verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is an instruction to pastors to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. So, by the way, Jesus is God. Just so we're clear there, it says to the care of the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Because some of these guys we're talking about tonight don't believe that Jesus is God. And that's to me the, the, a key
0: indicator of a heretic.
1: And I'll continue to get to the wolf part, verse 29. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, Be alert remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. This is a heavy burden of responsibility to take care of God's church because he obtained
0: it with his blood. Another Paul Washer. Paul Washer is going to be my new, new Robbie Gallaty apparently tonight. Yep. The, uh, but, but he talks about, that's uh, a way that I never considered it before. He he talks about uh, the Bride of Christ, the church. Yep. He was just talking about, I think he was talking about false teachers the time that he was talking about this, but he goes... Where's the effect of, hey, you know, what would I do as a man if someone abused my wife the way some of these people are abusing the bride of Christ? Wow. Like, this so then, is... and we expect, Paul Washer's the man. I was just going to say, this Paul Washer guy, he sounds like he's got a
1: lot of gems. <laughs> he's He's got a lot. Right? got to check him out. Everybody yeah, loves get, him.
0: You got to wear, like, Ear protection. It's like getting kicked in the groin, but your ears, when you listen to him preach sometimes. Your ear groin? Ear groin. Is he a, Is a screamer? Thing? Like He yells? Oh, no, not at all. He's, he's the just thing from a yeller. He's like, but when you walk away, you're going, oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. The worst Christian ever. Convicted. Yeah, but he's, but anyway, he, he was just talking about that, that why do we not expect God to, his wrath to be upon these people who are treating his bride and abusing his bride in such a way? Yeah. I thought that was pretty profound. Um, especially when we're considering heretics, because we can have all kinds of different opinions on how church, we joke about the fog machine. I'm sure there's really great pastors on Sunday whose worship team is up there with the fog machine.
1: I'm sure. I, I'm sure they're there. I can give you a couple by name. Yeah. Right, so keep so going. hey,
0: good. Good for them. Not my thing. That's a preferential thing. I'm not going to call that guy a heretic. Right. Please don't. But I won't. No, I'm just kidding. No, they're not heretics. So we want to be real clear about what a heretic is and what isn't. So we're, we're going to name names on this one, I think, at least two that stand out to me. Go ahead. Um, you know, and this this man, I, don't know, I got friends on this list. So. And
1: I'll say this. I'll say this. If we name you as a heretic or an ear tickler or a charlatan tonight, we would love to have you on the show. Come be a part of it. Defend your case. We'd interview you. If you're your named tonight and you don't like it and you want to come defend it, so you're welcome on the show. And your congregation is welcome to get this to you in any way they want to.
0: I tried to have some Jehovah's Witnesses come back and talk to me once, and they did not. They declined? I made them nervous, I think. Okay. I asked them to come back. I was like, I got kids laying down. Will you come back tomorrow? And they're like, no, we won't. You sound way too eager, and you just talked about the Holy Spirit bringing you to Troy. No, we're not coming. Okay. So anyway, so they're on my list. <laughs> I haven't mentioned them. The Jehovah's one. are on your Jehovah's list. Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah, they're they're definitely heretics. Um, we joke about them knocking on doors or whatever. I've been trying to get people for years to go with me to Right State's every year. The Jehovah's Witnesses their annual conventions at Right State, and I just want to get some people to go around and knock on the doors and run, just knock on the doors, <laughs> see if they come answer. When they get upset about me knocking on the door, be like, wait a minute, that's hypocritical.
1: And in your view, they're heretics because they don't believe in the lordship of Christ.
0: Yeah, they they or birthdays. Or birth, and they don't they don't pledge allegiance to the flag and i have a big issue with that to me that puts you in the heresy thing right away
1: that's what it takes you want to you want to make this marine mad you don't say pledge to the flag no
0: but seriously the the whole the, the idea that jesus isn't god right. falls into that and that's the big one so to me that, that that automatically puts you outside of orthodoxy yeah so you are denying who god is heresy yeah
1: yeah um oh, one time i heard john piper say something about the other religions of the world. The question I think a lot of people get asked in Christianity or other faiths is, you're telling me that somebody who's a devout Muslim or Jew or fill-in-the-blank other world religion, if they're dedicated to, to God in that way, right? Like, how is it that that they're not brought under the umbrella of grace and saved when they're worshiping God? And John Piper said, my God looks like Jesus.
0: Yeah. And if you're not worshiping Jesus, you're not worshiping God. There's a big argument right now online about, like, Jews. Do they believe the same God that I believe in? It's a fair question. I think it's a good question. Yeah, it comes up a lot. And My quick answer is it has to go back. Jesus is God. God sent his son to
1: die so that I could have life. And then Jesus said, no one comes to the Father but through me. And that was really hard for me to understand or to accept as a baby Christian. I had a hard time with that. Um. But then when somebody went through the scripture with me and showed me what Jesus said, who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I asked
0: I asked of things I do not understand, you know? Yeah, and and I would say sitting here on these microphones, we don't understand at all. No. We're still learning. I mean, we're learning as we come into this. Um, we aren't the... Uh, authority. The authority, yeah, the authority. We aren't the authority on all these things. Opinions of a couple guys sitting around a table, three guys around a table who read a little bit, like the Bible, believe some things. Um, I sure. will. I, I will just to, to be clear there for anybody listening.
1: Anytime we're quoting scripture and saying "thus says the Lord," there's authority in that. That yeah, for sure. And and we're under that authority. Yeah. We're, we're not. We we're, we are not that authority. The Bible is, and and we will speak authoritatively on anything that is found plainly yeah,
0: in, in scripture. scripture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in then so Jehovah's Witnesses—they're one that I think are like low hanging fruit for like a better word but then Mormons and people I I know Mormons was oh yeah you know I believe who I believe in Jesus I believe in God we we worship the same god we're going to you know we're, we we need to work together on this. it's like no we don't we don't at all because again you deny the divinity of Christ you didn't de- de- deny that Jesus is God we are not the same right we don't worship the same god there's I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on with Mormonism. That that's not what makes it heresy so much. But then, you know, again, adding to Scripture, we have this New Testament of Jesus. Uh, Tim Tim Wilson, one of my favorite comedians, he says he called it. He always called it Jesus the Western. (laughs) And I always thought that was great. That is really good. Um, But yeah, they got this Book of Mormon, and you know, and we're not. We don't got to get into. There's a million other things. There's there's so many things you could point out. But the gist of it is, you deny the divinity of Christ.
1: Yeah.
0: You're, You're a heretic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we believe in uh, the the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the God who said, I am the Lord your God, there are no other gods. Yep. And they believe that they become, become gods. gods, and that, again, it would be heretical yep. and contrary to doctrine.
0: Outside of that, there's we, we, we were talking before before we started tonight, really cool, like, it's Christmas in a couple weeks. This is going to come out right before Christmas. Yeah. Jolly old St. Nick. Like a lot of people don't know, like he punched a dude in the eye for being a heretic. He dotted his eye. I didn't know this. This yeah, is great. And I don't know how historically accurate the story is, but it's it's everywhere. It's been talked about. I was reading today and they're like, well, historians argue that he may not even have been there. The Council of Nicaea or whatever. It's like, I don't care. It's still a great story. Yeah, yeah. My my, I don't believe in Santa, but my Santa would punch a dude for being a heretic. For denying the Lord Jesus denying. Christ. My kids don't believe Santa's real. But they believe in that Santa, uh, <laughs> yeah, and Tim Allen, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Santa Claus. I need to get him to watch that. They need to stop watching so much Home Alone.
1: Carson looks exactly like the little boy in the Santa Claus. We were watching it tonight, and Dee's like, "That kid looks like Carson." Like, yeah, he does. I'll he really. does. it out. Yeah, yeah, super chunk.
0: <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> uh, so yeah, so Saint Nick punched the dude in the eye. Basically, his name was like they don't know if it was an Aryan or. Arius, I think, was the guy's name that people were following. Not Arian as in white dude, blue eye, blonde hair. Right. But Arian, false false doctrine, don't believe Jesus is God, don't believe the three persons of the Trinity, but they believe in three separate gods, um, that sort of thing. So, hey, look that up. Check yeah. it out. It's a cool Christmas story, if nothing else. Yeah, you you'll have a good one to share around the dinner table at Christmas.
1: Did you know St. Nick punched a guy? Because somebody didn't did not Not only Jesus. did he bring little children
0: presents, he punched a dude. <laughs>
2: He was on the naughty list for sure. What about you, Dave?
0: What do you got to add on heretics? Anything?
2: Yeah, I do. I wanted to talk about 2 Peter 3, 16 and 17. They're talking about Paul writing his letters, and, and Peter says this, As he does in all his letters, when he speaks them in these matters, there are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do with other scriptures. The other scriptures talking about the Old Testament, but... When we're talking about the Trinity and, and doctrine, a lot of it is very hard to understand. And that's okay. That's our fault. That's not God's fault. We're, we're not going to understand a perfect, holy, righteous God. And that there are things that we're going to get wrong. And we just have to trust that God's truth is the truth. You sound like somebody in a hermeneutics class, correct?
1: <laughs> no, that's really good. That's really good. And, uh, you know, there are elements and aspects of Scripture that are that are hard for us to understand and, and or attributes of God or the nature of God. There are as, aspects of that, that we as humans created by the uncreated God have a hard time wrapping our minds around. But wouldn't you know it, the Holy scripture has something to offer for that too. And it talks about the mystery of God mm-hmm. that some of that is beyond our knowledge and comprehension. Um, but and that's we, okay.
0: Yeah. And we talk that up to the mysteries of God. It's beautiful. Yeah. So many people get wrapped around like, I got to know all this. I got to completely and totally understand it. That's a good aim, but you're never going to get there. Yeah. You're going to drive yourself crazy. Not like, so it's like, there's, have some rest and trust. Yeah. And Uh, love, there's freedom in that. And love the pursuit, you know, enjoy the time in God's word, trying to grow in, in that. I guess I should clarify that doesn't mean like just throw your Bibles on the shelf. You're never going to get it. Give up? No, we'll talk about that here in a minute. No, if that, no, because that's what
1: we're fighting against. All those churches that, that are like, don't bring a Bible. It's a it's a paperweight here. We don't, you're not going to need that. I got it. I'll tell you what's in there. You yeah. just just listen to me. Just trust me. I'm going to give you a couple parts of a verse
0: and then 40 minutes of me. Yeah, yeah. Red flag. Read read me into all of this. Yeah. Um. So we talked about heretics. Again, could we name some specific names? I'm sure we could, but I don't think it's necessary for our discussion tonight on that. I think naming some groups that we know are just heretical is a good place to land on that one because, again, I don't know, man, like, it's one that I'm really remiss just to toss out, but there are some other types of false teachers that we can identify, and I feel— I'll actually throw one out, and I'm not a wave maker. Uh Uh-oh. If I'm not mistaken,
1: T.D. Jakes does not believe that Jesus is God. Correct. Yeah, he grew up in so. a Unitarian home and background. And he's made a heck of a career proclaiming the name of
0: Jesus. Yeah, I have him on here as an ear tickler, but yeah, he, for sure. he for sure falls into that, I think.
1: But yeah, he he I've watched uh, some interviews with him. He he is a Unitarian, you know. Well, so let's keep moving forward here. What's our next category?
0: Uh so uh prosperity faith healer types, uh Chalice calls them charlatans, which I really liked.
2: Um, I'm still
0: charlatans because I think that's a great way to describe these people.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, first Timothy six, three to five says, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with sound word, with the sound words of our Lord, Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. So I think that verse sets pretty well on them. Another another verse that kind of and story that comes to mind as I talk about these people would be uh, Simon the magician, yeah. in the book of Acts, where he's like, "Hey, let me give you this money so you can give me some of that power, give me that Holy, Holy Spirit, give me that Holy, Holy Ghost power.
1: power, yeah, give me that Holy Ghost power so I can woo these crowds and make money."
0: Yeah. So and and that that's it. Like, hey, I'm going to use. God for my own personal gain, and I'm going to convince people um, that they should give things to me because I can give them something in return from God. It's going to come from God to me to you, if only you give. Sow your seed. What was the response when he when
2: he asked to teach him? Do you remember, do you remember the response when, when yeah. he when he wanted that Holy Ghost power? Oh yeah, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So when we get into that category of charlatan, I want you to think like prosperity preachers, right? That's that's where we're headed here,
0: right? Doing it for gain. Doing it for some sort of gain. You know, I think a lot of popes fall under this. You look at popes through history. Hey, if you just give money to the church, we're going to grant you indulgences and, and things that are going to allow people, you know, to make it. And they're going to squeak into heaven by, the, by us being able to build St. Peter's Basilica a little bit nicer. Um, so I think a lot of them fall into that. If, if you're not familiar
1: with the history of indulgences in the Catholic Church, it's fascinating. A lot of the um, Reformation was born out of an objection to that. I would encourage you to go check out the story of Martin Luther and, and the history of indulgences in the Church. The modern version of that is anybody telling you that he needs a,
0: a private jet and you need to help fund it. Oh yeah, there's been a couple of those, like just in recent years, like a, what Jesse Duplantis, I think, is one guy's name, uh, Creflo Dollar. Beautiful name, what a name for a prosperity. You get like, like is that his real name? It's almost, yeah,
1: look that up. I look think up it's his Cref- real name. But if, if Creflo Dollar's real last name is Dollar, you almost can't hold it against him. It's like, well, the the, the Lord sort of sets you up to have a very clear ministry. Uh, I'm kidding. Is well, that okay? I think his
0: reply at one point when they asked him about, about that, he's like, it's like some reporter asked him, Would would Jesus uh, fly around in a $60 million jet or whatever? And, and he replies something back like, well, he rode a donkey. But I guarantee you if he was around today, he'd be in a jet. Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> his name is Creflo Augustus Dollar Jr. Jeez, it really is. He's a junior, even. He's a, his dad, Creflo Sr. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so if, if you're following the teaching uh, or preaching of a— a pastor who is promising you financial blessing or any other kind of blessing based on your willingness to send money. That is not the gospel that is
0: contrary to the gospel. Yeah. And they're, man, it's for us. I've watched so many videos. I see videos pop up on this all the time and they you know, social media is great for that, frankly, where you can get little clips of people and people say, I'll oh, just take it out of context. Like, no, when, when old boy is sitting there telling you, Hey, like I watched a uh, Rod Parsley, A video a couple weeks back where he's like, just send $300, $300 and show, you know, basically God's going to bless that $300 and multiply it. And then all of a sudden he goes, and if you don't have $300, just send whatever you got. Like, so he he set that level. He's like, well, let me back it down. Just send, send me money. Paula White is another one, man. During the election, Trump had her all over the place with him. Yep. I remember her. And, And she's the same way. Just send me, hey, come send money for this prayer cloth. I'm going to send you this healing cloth
1: drives me insane. It it gives Christianity a bad name. It makes me very sad and angry. Oh, for sure. And I think there's probably some pretty good data somewhere that would indicate that the people who fall prey to that generally are not the kind of people who can afford to just be sending a bunch of money to some false teacher, some ear-tickling charlatan, to combine a couple categories. and. You know, the gospel's for the poor, the gospel's for the rich, the gospel is for everybody, right? That's that's the whole message of the book of Acts. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people. It is to go out to the nations, and everyone is to hear. There's no price, there's no entry fee, there's there's no application process. We have to write a check. The gospel is free for anyone who believes, who repents of their sin and confesses Jesus as The Bible Lord. says
0: it, the free gift. The
1: free gift It's a free gift. Now, you want to talk about tithing and offering? That's a different category altogether. We are called and commanded in Scripture to to give uh, to the church because it costs money to run an organization that cares for for people every week, and there's staff, and there's there's rent, and there's all these things that are associated with that. But that is not the same thing as the prosperity gospel. If you're a faithful covenant member of a church, you are you are obligated to financially contribute there. That is completely different than what we're talking about. Somebody who's offering you blessings in exchange for money is a charlatan.
0: Yeah, run away. Run away. And there's so many that Benny Hinn is a popular one. You know, I remember, you know, him chucking walkers and whatever else. Costi Hinn, his nephew. Man, if you Google Costi Hinn and watch For the Gospels, like some of his podcasts. Way better.
1: Just so we're clear on your tone Uh, there. Costi is legitimate.
0: He's repented of his sin. He's a genuine Christian, and he's
1: helping many people
0: grow in faith and knowledge and understanding of God's word. And he has a great book out, God, the Prosperity Gospel, and something that's over here on the shelf. On the shelf, yeah. Right where I can't see it, but it's, it's over there.
1: But he speaks contrary to that prosperity gospel that made his uncle so rich and famous. I
0: thought it was his son. I'm glad you said nephew. Yeah, nephew. And, and you know, and he's gracious. Like, he's not out there just—he's he's saying, hey, this is what's wrong. This is what they believe is wrong. But he's not a jerk about it. He's like, he prays for them. Yeah yeah, so, uh, and then, you know, some older guys that aren't around anymore, but you still see them pop up. Robert Tilton's one, um, one of my favorite videos. Is, you know, have you seen it? You started laughing. Is this, go uh, ahead. The one where he's like, basically like, he always made these weird faces. He's like, oh, he like listening to God, but somebody put fart noises in. In his earpiece? Like, well, no, every time he makes that oh. face, they superimpose the Got fart it. noise. So it's like Got a three-minute long video of him going... You know, like fa- funny faces. Yeah, just funny. He he does his face, and there's somebody put fart noises in it. That's fantastic. And, and that shows I, the level of my maturity. I was
1: thinking about a video. I think it was Benny Hinn. It was one of these where basically he'd worked it out with a guy who was deaf that he was going to bring him up, and he was like, say— it was like proclaiming the name. of Jesus, like saying something like, say, Jesus heals, say, Jesus heals. There's some, some version of that. And then on the fourth one, he was supposed to say, I can hear— and he's like, say I can hear. And he's like, Jesus heals, but he's deaf. And he just, he just did it wrong because they, they, you know, whatever. It was clearly orchestrated. And yeah.
0: anyway, it's it's charlatans. These people are charlatans. Speaking of pulling legs, Todd White, he's one, he's famous for the whole leg pulling And he'll go to, he'll go to.
1: Like a chiropractor?
0: Yeah. Like he'll go to malls and stuff. He's got like crazy dreadlocks. Yeah. And like, he'll be like messing with people's legs and like. Healing on him and healing him like sh- sh- like, oh look how his leg extended. Watch how it stretches out. It's it's the funniest thing, and it's I hate saying funny. it's funny to me because it's so dumb. Well, it's funny to a lot of
1: people because there's seventy five thousand views on faith healing tricks the, the leg, leg extension. extension on YouTube. Yeah.
0: So so it's out there. People are you know thankfully, hey, if nothing else, the internet's been good for people calling out things like this. Sure. Unfortunately, but, it's also been a great platform for people like this. Yeah. So it's, like, I mean it's been around forever even before this technology. I remember as I was when I was a kid, I just got Ernest Angley out of like I think it was Akron. And I remember like Sunday nights we'd come home from church. It was weird now in retrospect, but we would like grab popcorn and snacks after church before going to bed and watch Ernest Angley and just laugh. So you weren't watching it to be edified or like Oh, not at you all. You didn't believe and there the was hype. nothing edifying in
1: it. Right. You didn't believe the hype. You were just
0: watching it as a criticism. Oh man, he would he would like like if I remember, he like lick his fingers and wet willy people. Well, Jesus be made like, some mud out of spit. True. You know, hey, but he was like, he'd be like, "Thou deaf and dumb spirits, come out!" <laughs> <laughs> and he'd like, he'd hear this pop, and like he'd do the same thing, like, "Baby, Jesus, yeah." And then the guy'd be like, "Oh, I can hear!" Like,
1: "Come on, man!" Like that—that that might be the one I'm thinking of. So, okay, so we've got. We've got the heretics. We've got the charlatans. Talk about the ear ticklers, because I think
0: these guys, unless you do you got more on charlatans. No, but I was, uh, we can go to ear ticklers next. I think they fit that. They kind of fall in that. It'd be a good. I think the ear ticklers are the most prolific
1: in society. Oh, for certain. And it cringes me out because I think that the picture that popular culture has of the Christian church in the modern era are Joel Osteen.
0: Oh, Michael Todd.
1: Stephen Furtick. The guys who are really good at presenting, they're they're rock solid communicators and they make you feel something, but they're not teaching you anything. Like you leave there and you feel hyped, you feel good and you feel warm. You know, maybe you've got thoughts about God. You've got thoughts about Jesus.
0: You know, again, there can be pebbles of goodness in this field of dead dirt. Well, that's a mark of a lot of these guys. There's just enough truth, just enough truth to make them sound credible.
1: What's sad to me is that you can fill a stadium of 40,000 people every Sunday doing that. And what does that say about the condition of our culture? Mm -hmm. That we're so thirsty, we're so dead inside, so dry, that some ear tickler with a bad haircut and a golden statue behind him on the stage, you got to have a lot of audacity to be like, I've read the Old Testament and I know that there's some really specific verbiage in there about not making golden statues but I got a huge golden globe behind me spinning yeah. while I preach. Anyway, I, it, it's sad to me. And I think it speaks to the spiritual condition of this world when 40,000 people and millions of others on TV and on the radio listen to guys like him because they need it, because they're dry, because they need it. When meanwhile, there are churches all over this country, modest wood pew churches that are half full with guys in there proclaiming the name of Jesus, preaching the gospel, teaching their people, trying to make disciples. And I think that that speaks to the idea that like the path is wide, the gate is narrow. Many are called, few will come, you know, and, and it, but it's like, have I got something better for you people? And I just want so badly for those 40,000, like for it to just be hijacked one week by somebody worth it, you know, to come in and really give these people a gospel message because the, the light momentary good feeling that you get from that is just, nothingness.
0: But boy, it felt good. You were just talking about you wish somebody'd come in there and like share the gospel. There's a great video. I don't know who the dude was. There's this female like prosperity type pastor. And somehow this guy ended up getting there.
1: I have, I have <laughs> seen, seen this. Yeah. Like,
0: where he's, he's like, welcomed on stage. Yeah. And she hands him the mic and look on her face when he's like, you need to reject this false gospel. Yeah. And she's just like, She like tries to push them off. The most amazing thing ever. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: look, they're doing the Lord's work. You know, it's it's tough. Um, But yeah, it just it bums me out. It bums me out the ear ticklers, the guys that that look cool, the the preachers and sneakers Instagram account. We've got that pulled up here. This is just I'm looking at fifty six hundred dollars sneakers on a pastor. That's something that is so, you know, Paul made tents. <laughs> yeah. You know, like think about it in these terms, like, and I'm not saying that pastors need to be poor. I think that's awful. And if you're not paying your pastor enough at your church, you ought to be ashamed. But I would say I'd have a hard time going to a church with a pastor that were house payments worth of shoes or jackets or watches or whatever. Like it's, it's crazy.
0: You know, again, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know this guy. That I'm looking at this photo of, I don't know if somebody in his church is wealthy and said, hey, my pastor said once he likes these shoes. He sells a lot of books, too. I can't really, I don't want to speak on how he spends his book money. Yeah, yeah but people like to me, people have given me stuff. I've never gotten his $5,000 pair of shoes, but, you know, I literally I may, I may have a Bigfoot sign in the yard that somebody just dropped.
1: Short you know. of trying to sell them on StockX, I don't even know what I would do with them.
0: Like, like what would, I wouldn't wear them. You only wear like one pair. You only have one pair of shoes.
1: Well, I have six pair of the same pair of shoes. Yes. Great. Black Nike skateboard shoes. They're very simple. They're cheap and affordable. They last a long time. But yeah, I don't know what I would do with with $5,000 shoes. I would sell them
0: for I'm sure. I'm a student minister, so I've got some Adidas. I don't have any.
1: Nothing wrong yeah. with that. That's not the yeah. same.
0: I've got like, I went through a midlife crisis like, let's see, three years ago. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I couldn't, I didn't have name brand shoes. So I was like in the Marines as an adult. And I'm like
1: big Run DMC guy.
0: Yeah, I loved Run DMC, man. So I always wanted a pair of Adidas. Yeah, like the Superstars, man. They were amazing. Yeah. So I want a little nuts, (laughs) like not not just a little. You're an impulse guy. I think I have like ten pair of Adidas. I've got two pair of Superstars that I hardly ever wear because they don't match anything. Yeah, that's hard. You see my yellow and black ones? Are you a Steelers fan? No, just wanted some Wu Tang Clan looking shoes. and couldn't afford the real ones. I just love bumblebees. I want you to cherish
2: this time memory because you're closing in rapidly on the Skechers. <laughs> when you exclusively wear Skechers, I will be the happiest man in the world. You've
1: officially moved into easy living. I do. Point.
0: I do have like I actually have a pair of Skechers on right now. They're like the Hey Dude or Dude whatever those called. Hey are those? dudes. Hey, hey dudes. dudes. Yeah. Looking ones. Hello gents. Hello, Hello gents. Hello gents. That's what these These are for the sophisticated, for
1: the sophisticated gentleman sophisticated in your
0: life. man. I actually have two pairs of these. I have a brown and a gray pair.
1: If they're if they're good enough for Not Joe Montana, Steve uh, Young. No, who's the somebody's the spokesperson for Skechers? I care. It doesn't matter. Hey, some quarterback from the from the eighties is the
0: that probably was popular when I was a kid. Wanting Adidas, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, just ear ticklers. You know, Michael Todd's another one that is real popular right now. Gets shared all the time. And yeah, that's this little clip. It sounds inspiring. Yeah, but there's no no part of it that's really like. What he's saying is anything that's promised in scripture, it's just a bunch of flair for him in a moment and you're liking it, buying his fancy suits and doing whatever, and putting this big 8,000 LED panel TV behind him with whatever he's got going on, spitting in people's mouths. And I think that was the guy that did that. I think that was him. I can't that's remember right. if it was that's him, but right. I know it was, I'm pretty sure it was him. That's right. Um, just, just insanity, man. So I, I guess if nothing else out of all this tonight, I would love for people that listen to this to go, man, maybe I shouldn't listen to those people. If nothing else, hey, if you're a believer out there and you and you go to a church that has sound doctrine and you know and you're studying God's word and you can recognize these things, don't be afraid to tell your friends, hey, they're a false teacher. What are you doing? Listen to them. Yeah. Be bold that way. You don't have to be a jerk about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we may sound like jerks here. I may have sounded like a jerk a couple of times the night about it because I get hot about it. It irritates me.
1: Well, and then, you know, even, okay, so let's say you're in the ear tickler category. You're not under, you know, straight up heretics. You're just in these, these ear tickler camps. It feels good and it's easy. The question you need to ask yourself or ask your friend who's maybe sitting under that kind of teaching. Do you feel like you have grown in knowledge and understanding of God and his word in the last year? And if you can't honestly say yes to that, what are you doing? Don't waste your time. Don't waste one more Sunday sitting under that guy's teaching. If you can't honestly, reflectively look back and go, yes, I can tell you that I've examined these sections of scripture. I've grown in knowledge about these books of the Bible because of the teaching that's coming to me from my church, from small group, from all of that, from the Bible study offerings. Yes, I have Clearly, I can define for you, I can tell you what elements of Scripture I've grown in knowledge and understanding of in the last, whatever, six months, a year. Uh, If you can't, then then you're probably in one of those places.
0: Or if it's a place that's telling you how you can fix yourself, how you can do these things that are going to make you better. You're going to live your best life now. Man, if if your best life is today on earth, odds are you're just not a believer because it's not going to get any better when you die. Right. You know, for me as a believer, my best. Life is going to be when I die, and I'm in the presence of my Savior. No one's going to tell me here that that, in my opinion, would look at Scripture in any way that's real and solid. And say, "Oh yeah, your best life is today." No, no, it's not.
2: I just want to point out too the the common thread that you're going to get with a lot of these is the de-emphasis on sin and judgment. Oh yeah, they're, they're just they're not going to talk about it. Great and and for you to understand the atoning work of Jesus Christ, you have to understand that you're a sinner. And that doesn't get brought up by a lot of these pastors. Because it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Because well, it requires it will affect their numbers. It will affect their numbers because it requires correction,
1: discipline, dying to self, submitting to God's will in your life. It's all challenging because what it exposes in us is that we are wretched sinners mm-hmm. and we are completely incapable of our own salvation. We have to give ourselves over to that God. And so it is really hard. But I'll tell you, there are the sermons that hit me the most that give me those emotional reactions are the ones that are challenging me, that are exposing something in me that may may be a sin or a change I need to make in my life, and or an explicit declaration of the gospel. Like when somebody is just really hammering the gospel of Jesus Christ, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, and what that did for humanity. And for those who call upon the name of Jesus, that elicits in me the feeling that these ear ticklers elicit in their lukewarm room of people who don't know anything of the Lord. And that's what should inspire us and motivate us. Look, you need a motivational video for your day. Turn off the Furtick, punch in a David Goggins or a Jocko, you know, go do some push-ups. Cool. You got your motivation, yeah. but your exegesis, your studying of God's word, your, your, somebody, anybody doing anything under the authority of the Lord, that needs to be firmly rooted in the gospel in, the teaching of scripture not you know some flurry of emotion that makes you feel like you can walk on a cloud and punch your way through a brick wall that's not what church is that's there's no example of that in scripture no not at all the change to the masses that heard the the messages being taught in the Bible they were gospel calls they were calls to submission they were calls to reevaluate the way that you're thinking about yourself the Sermon on the mound is like hey, Here's all these categories of people. And let me tell you how you should be thinking about these people because this is not how you're thinking now, right? It was really a call to like change the way that they thought about life and about people. The teaching and instruction of Jesus was challenging. Saying to a tax collector, you're doing it wrong. You need to change everything about the way you're doing your life right now. Saying to the woman at the well, I know who you are. Depart from me and sin no more. There's such conviction in that. And it's challenging and it's hard. And there's nobody with a cool suit and a bad haircut with millions of people listening to him saying that, that I see. I, I don't, I don't know where those guys are. There are great pastors and preachers on, online and on TV that you can, I don't know about TV, but online that you can go find. And we should probably give the listeners maybe some like good ones. If you are an online guy and you like sermons during the week, and maybe you're only dipping into these bad wells, let's shout out a few of these. You've mentioned Paul Washer a few times. Yeah.
0: Washer, um, Piper, John, John Piper. Piper, John MacArthur. I'm gonna drop John MacArthur in and I know he ruffles some feathers. But
1: controversial. If you don't like him, move on. Uh I'm a big Matt Chandler guy. I know he's some people don't like that, but I love him. He's helped me a lot grow in knowledge and understanding God's work. He he's dedicated to building disciples at his church. Um Steve Lawson. Costi Hen, Costy. Yep. What's the real nerdy one that your wife likes and my wife likes?
0: Costi's buddy. Andy Wood or and uh, what's it? Tony, Tony Wood? Tony Wood. Tony Wood. Wood. Yes, yeah. I listened listen to one of his sermons today. Yeah, about the this podcast topic is really good too. Who is his, his podcast yeah. is really good too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, th- there are good options or better options out there, and none of those guys are
0: wearing six thousand dollars sneakers. But hey, listen to a sermon this week. This is Tuesday when you're listening to this. Within the next few days. Stop watching sermons online and go to a church. Don't go to the church that's causing you to want to go elsewhere online to find solid teaching.
2: That's yeah. something that's something Chandler does that I love. You can go on and watch all of his sermons from years and years and years. But the first thing he says before every single one of them is, hey, I want you guys to get as much as you can. I want this to be edifying. Do not let this replace a local church. Yeah. And that's an awesome message at the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a couple more. Just Getting into, like, we have a little bit of a list here to go off, but the one I, I feel re- like we would re- be remiss to leave out would be, like, your prophets and apostles. Oh, And things yeah. like that. People who are claiming to have, like, special power. Like, we, we talked about Benny Hinn and some healing and Todd White and healing, but there's there's people out there that really push this. It's called the New Apostolic Reformation. And they're really big on... If you give it a proper name, it sounds like it's legit. So, it does sound legit. It's not legit. Should be a warning to anyone. But so the the real big popular church here with that is Bethel Church out of, uh, I think it's Redding, California. Yes. But yeah, they you probably hear a lot of their music on Christian radio all the time. And hopefully you don't hear it at your church on Sunday. But if you do, talk to somebody because it's lame and you shouldn't be singing it in corporate worship. Controversial as okay. always. Can I say that? Controversial, Controversial as always. Yeah. Keep going. It's reckless that reckless. Was that reckless of me? <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Talking about low hanging fruit. Yeah, it was. Hey, but so there's a guy like Chris Vilaton and Bill Johnson. You know, Bill Johnson's up there telling you if you have physical ailments, your faith isn't good enough while well, he's got a finger splint and glasses. Like it's just crazy to me that people will stick around and be like, oh man, my faith is not good. Old boys wearing glasses. At least, hey, throw in some contacts, put on a show. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's nuts. You're a deceiver. The dude, Holy you Spirit, better. you know, was the, the Holy Spirit's gold dust and glitter and whatever else. And they had some other chick on there preaching one time that was like, the Holy Spirit's like Aladdin. Oh, good. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm
1: speechless. I got a verse about prophets, false prophets. Deuteronomy 18, 20 says, but the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak or who speaks in the name of other gods that same prophet shall die.
0: I have a good meme for that. Drama. We'll make sure this hits social media. I've got some good memes for this whole topic. Well, I'll keep going because actually I think it gets juicier. Verse 21.
1: And if you say in your heart, how may we know the word that the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the word does not come to pass or come true, that is a word that the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You
0: need not be afraid of him. And there is so much of that. Oh my goodness. Like for one it's the definition of a false prophet from scripture. So if they claim they're pro- they're going to be telling stuff that's not happening, but it's so obvious anymore. You can't get away with it anymore. Yeah. When you say, "Hey, the world's ending tomorrow, Trump's." What like, what was the one? JFK's coming back from the dead. Yeah, like well, there was one like real big one like Trump was like some prophet came out and was like Trump's going to be cleared of all these indictments and 1,500 people from the Pentagon are getting arrested and, like, they're going to they're going to find hidden votes that are ready to be counted. The media is just covering all that up. Emory. that happened. It's crazy. Like, it's just... And people believe it. People are like, oh, man, did you hear this? Because people are thirsty for hope. Well, and that, that's what it boils down to. Their hope is being found in something that they shouldn't be seeking hope in, in the first place. That's right. And you got to be careful, too, because some of these people are good at it.
1: I've had a few of these sent to me, these prophetesses of youtube and they're calling oh, kind of, me now. Yeah, well, i was just gonna say it's like the it's like a tarot card reader or like a psychic they know how to talk about things in a broad and general way where then they can take credit for everything that happens and be like see i said that this was gonna happen and it's like well, well yeah you said the sun was gonna come up tomorrow you know like just you're saying you speaking in generalities you're you're a huckster so anyway though yeah look out for the false prophet Anybody really claiming to do anything in the name of the Lord other than proclaim Scripture?
0: Oh yeah, like coming up and saying, "Hey, God told me to tell you." It's like, "Hey, show me where in Scripture." Yeah, and if they're like, "Oh no, He told me to tell you," mm, just run, run the other way.
1: If God just told you, if God told you anything that isn't in Scripture, you're a false prophet. Yeah. If you're coming to me with any kind of authority saying God told me something and you're not about to quote Scripture, we're done here.
0: And I do want to be clear. Having grown up in the South, okay. And there are certain people, I won't mention names, but there are certain people who get a bad rap on this specific one sometimes. But they'll say things like, well, well God told me, like, and in and, and discussion. You know, would I say that? No. Does that mean that person saying they had some direct revelation from God when they say that? A lot of times, no. If you, right. Especially in the South, that's just, that's a that's a verbiage. We'll give you a gracious interpretation of that, a charitable interpretation. Yeah, and so to me, the grace part of that is like, okay, well, let's let's evaluate other things they've said. Is that what they always say? And are they making claims that God gave them? Um, was it Sarah Young, the Jesus Calling Lady? Yeah. Like a lot of her book. Like it's, it's, she'll directly says that basically what she's writing is given to her by God to tell people. And I, like, don't, I don't like that. I have a problem with that book. A lot of people love it. There's, there's more wrong with that. But that's one that stands out to me where she's like, oh, God told me. But she's saying it in a way that like God told me this thing. And it's basically on top of scripture that's the way she's portraying it i got a big issue with that yeah that's a lot different than man you know i was reading my bible the other day and god just spoke to me or god told me this as i was studying to preach this week god told me this like i want to show a lot of grace there because the context in which you're saying it if you're saying something you're using scripture to describe what god laid on your heart sure and discussion and you're sharing it that way, that's way different Yeah. than God told me. Oh, he said this in scripture, but God really told me that this is what he meant. Yeah. Way different. If it's
1: contrary to scripture, then we know it's not true. If you found the answer to a, a dilemma in your life in scripture, I'm all for you applying scripture to your life and saying, as long as we're doing it with context and we're not making you David mm-hmm. in the Goliath battle, we're not making you, you know, uh, inserting, you know, you're not Jonah right you're you're not in the belly of a whale literally but if you're saying i read scripture and from that i was able to to see and have discernment and be able to move forward in this that's beautiful and that's what it's there for but but we're to see the will of god in scripture we're to see the events that happen to god's people in scripture uh and then you know you've got prophets in scripture second samuel we see uh the spirit of the lord speaks through me his words are upon my tongue there are prophets in scripture right the old testament's full of the major and the minor prophets God spoke through these people.
0: They they were things that came to pass. Yeah. Hundreds of years later. Like yes. we were just going through Isaiah with the kids the other day, just talking about how becoming Christ. No, so it was uh he 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 said he basically named a king, Cyrus of Persia. Cyrus, and that was way later.
1: Yeah, like a hundred years later.
0: Yeah. Like, dude, imagine me sitting in this chair and being like, Hey, in a hundred years. Somebody famous right now. Well, no, but it wouldn't be 100, 100 years. It'd no, be we're... really old. Yeah. I won't make it. You're any... like,
1: in eight years, The Rock
0: will be the president. <laughs> yeah, right. Because okay, in 100 years, I'm like, Joe Johansson of Peoria, Illinois is going to be the president of the United States. And then 100 years, you listen to this podcast. You're like, dude, memory a prophet? <laughs> he was. No, it's not happening. <laughs> right, right. Right. Like, so, but, but here's Isaiah speaking the words of the Lord saying, Cyrus of Persia. Yeah. Dude, nobody even knew. He um,
1: let, uh, the Jews leave exile to go back and rebuild the temple that's what Cyrus did I think they were able to leave exile
0: I don't know we might be adding to scripture right now we might have to Google that and make sure I don't know I can't remember challenge accepted it could be right I know, but I know that's part of it like I just don't remember which I think it was Cyrus or his son it was Cyrus
1: and yeah it was when he uh he was gonna let people he was gonna let people go back to rebuild the walls in
0: Jerusalem I just don't remember if it was actually Cyrus or his son
1: yeah, he's famous he's really for homeland. I tell you what, I'll read it. In the Bible, Cyrus is famous for freeing the Jewish captives in Babylon and allowing them to return to their homeland. He was also tolerant toward the Babylonians and others. And there you go. Uh, you can find that in Ezra and maybe a little bit in Nehemiah. And uh, yeah, they talk about him in, in Isaiah. So yeah, those prophets in the Bible, it came to pass. So it stood the test of time. That's why God has included that in the canon of scripture. It's been intact for us because these were people speaking uh, under, thus saith the Lord. The Lord told me to tell you this. That is very different than what we're seeing today.
0: Yeah. So prophets, apostles, if you see that in a name, prophet so-and-so or apostle so-and-so, yeah, n- don't go in. Move on. Just if that's on the sign. Just yeah. walk, bounce. Yeah. Little God theology is their thing. They're, they want to be little gods.
1: Yeah. Well, that is the the very nature of man, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how the fall worked in the Garden of Eden. You know, we we wanted to have the knowledge of God. We wanted to be God, and that's kind of the root of every sin in our lives: is our desire to uh, have our own way, to to be God, uh, to love our sin more than we love God or God's way. So, yeah,
0: be warned. Yeah, just a couple other now quick ones. I mean, we can we can talk about just other categories, but I think like as I was thinking about this, there's abusers, there's bullies mm. who are pastors who to me. Are, false teachers in that way, because frankly, they're, they're not biblically qualified to be pastors. So anything that they're saying in that moment to me is false. They're, They're not qualified to do that or cults fall under that. I think, you know, cults for sure would fall under that as well. But yeah, a lot of times you'll see these bully type dudes. they love
1: to talk about how Jesus turned over the tables in the temple and had a had a whip and you know and and if they're using that as sort of their um their life first
0: they' go, yeah no, that's their life first run. <laughs> that's a problem
1: yeah that 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 could be a hey, here's a guy that maybe we, we we want to stay away from. he's in that 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 bully category.
0: Now if they call you out on legitimate sin, that doesn't mean they're a bully. That's right. So there's, there's, you know, let's be clear. Like you, We're not just saying because they're like, hey, this is sinful. You need to repent. Doesn't make them a bully. No, that's godly. I'm talking about somebody who's using a position to spiritually abuse someone. Yeah, manipulate, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then the other just pagan pastors is kind of the way I worded that one. And there's pastors out there who just aren't believers. Sure. we are just not. Well, it's a good business. If you're, if you're crushing it, you're filling a stadium and you're making a lot of money. And I would say a lot of the names that we named tonight. Pagan pastors. They're just okay. not believers. And I'm not going to judge their hearts. Okay. I know people go, like, you don't know their heart, Emery. Hey, I don't, but I can see their fruit. Yeah. And I can say they're not bearing fruit of the spirit, fruits of the spirit. Well, yeah. And dead trees don't produce good fruit. Yeah. So to me, I can, I can be a little judgy on that one and it's all right. It's not the independent Baptist coming out in me. Though.
1: You got to have discernment. I just love right now on the screen. There's a, there's a teen Vogue article called
0: What is a cult and why do people join them? It's very helpful. I'm going to give that a, a look later. The Branch Davidians. Everyone else is going to Waco for Magnolia. Well, she really redeemed
1: that that holy ground. She really took that back and put a good holy stamp on otherwise silly
0: ground in Waco, Texas. I was talking to someone at church that they were talking about going, wanting to go down there. and, and Me being me, I, I think I actually said in a moment, I was like, I don't care about Magnolia and Chip and Joanna. I just want to see what's going on with the Colts. <laughs> and they just looked at me like, dude. Inappropriate. Yeah,
1: yeah. Time and a place. There's a yeah. setting. Let, let me hit that Spurgeon beard quote because I saw David pulled it up and then we'll hit some speed dating questions. Charles Spurgeon once said, growing a beard is a habit most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. So our pastor, Jonathan Newman, with his new wintertime beard, I just want to affirm you and tell you that you're, you're most natural, scriptural, manly, and beneficial. So good for you. And don't diet, it, then it won't be manly and natural. Yeah, that's unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. I'm coming into my silver fox phase, and
0: frankly, it's going really well. So Is that what we're calling this? my prime. Your silver fox. It, yeah, well, whatever you want to call it. Last one. I got. I, want, I didn't get to do my joke. Oh, sorry. Fight. We didn't mention this guy's name the whole time, and I'm dying. Go, yeah. The Last heretic. What's Rob Bell's favorite Christmas carol? <laughs> I don't know. No hell, no hell. <laughs> I've been holding up for a week.
1: Yeah, Rob Bell is not good. Don't. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that
0: guy. He was not good before, but he's completely jumped the shark. Don't give him your money. Don't buy his books. So uh, we've talked a lot about all these different things. Let's before we jump into speed dating, really quick, what are our responsibilities as, as men? Oh, sure. Godly men, when it comes to this, whether whether it's calling it out, whether it's uh, being a, how aggressive should we be? Do we throw the fruit of the spirit out the window when we're dealing with people in this? Um, and then just how do we safeguard against it? What should we be doing? I think we've hit a little bit, but not too in depth. So I think in the last few minutes, let's do that before we jump into what people are really here for. Well, I can tell you as an
1: elder, I'm called to be gentle and to not be quarrelsome. Mm -hmm. So we use the word posture a lot a couple episodes ago, but that comes up here. I think the, the way that we approach this is really important. And you do it out of a place of love, concern, and care. If you're going to talk to somebody about a pastor that they're really infatuated with, and they're sitting under their teaching, you have to talk to them about it and offer them a better alternative too. I think to to just say, hey, that guy's full of it. You're messing up. That's one thing, but tell them why, you know, use scripture in that moment to say, here's where that person has has gone astray and then offer them a better teacher. Uh, And we named a a gang of them tonight. There's a bunch more. There's a million of them out there, but.
0: There happens to be one, two streets over from my house, Koinos Church in Troy. That's a really good call. And you can actually, we have the podcast on Apple, and uh, oh, cool! Yeah, there's a podcast of just the sermon. Come check us out, Grant yeah. Street, Troy, Ohio. Yeah, good call. That'd be awesome. Um, the only other thing that I'll add is just, uh, just back to this whole the posture of how we should deal with these things. Just remember, I mean, we look through Scripture. Look how Paul handled Peter. Peter messed up on some things. That's right. And Paul lovingly addresses those and goes to Pete, goes to him, mentions it. Hey, I did this. I'll read through first Corinthians as people in the church are doing things that are stupid like he's loving and how he handles it he's not saying hey you're not a believer because you're doing this thing he's saying hey you are a believer but you're not doing this right
1: and he started with I love you and I'm praying for you and I want good things for you and I'm 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 so happy to see what the Lord has done in your life to this
0: point now I have some correction you yeah. know I just feel like I want to say it over and over this entire time of discussion just because someone disagrees with you on something in scripture doesn't mean they're a false teacher either. That's right. There's certain things that we need to hold tight to. There's salvific issues that we just need to say these are the things that we're not going to budge on and, and the orthodox things. Yeah, you know, we've mentioned some of those tonight. Even if someone does say someone doesn't agree with you on baptism, that doesn't mean you can't have loving fellowship with that person. There are a lot of saved people who are wrong on baptism. Yeah, and, and don't neglect hanging out with someone because you don't know if they fit where you fit denominationally. Like, That's I don't right. know. I met an awesome dude last week. I'm like, I didn't know what church. I didn't know anything about his church. I'd heard of it. He's Mormon. No, he's not, thankfully. Oh, okay. I would have drawn the line. No, I'm not wearing your underwear, your yeah. holy underwear.
1: Is that how they start with their evangelism? No. Keep going.
0: <laughs> would you like to wear these tidy whities? So you met a guy. So anyway, met a guy at a roller rink right before I injured myself horrifically. And I, for those of you who don't know, Emory is... Uh, very
1: skilled roller skater. You can see his videos
0: on Instagram. I was doing pretty good. A lot of and dancing. I actually, when I bit it, it was shouldn't have bit it where I bit it, at, but I did. Well, you Went were di- hard. You were doing the uh, the triple. I was doing a limbo cow or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so I met some, saw some friends there. and thought, Hey, you got to meet this guy. He's the pastor of a church that they didn't even go to. They're like, hey, just we think you guys can get along. Turns out we're cousins. Of course, because <laughs> he's from West Virginia. Now, Mama, but I didn't know anything about this guy. But I was like, hey, I'm gonna go hang out with him. I'll learn about him and see. And, and I'm like, and I've come to find out he's of the same mind. He's like, hey, I actually hang out, and we, he has a podcast. But he's actually I hang out with all these other guys. We just shoot the breeze, and we all have different things that we agree in denominational. We bust chops, but we agree in the foundational things, and we love each other. Yeah, I'm like, that's awesome, man. So, so when we talk about doctrine, there are primary
1: doctrines, right? The ones that are essential for salvation. You can't budge on those. But then there are secondary and tertiary doctrines, and we have a lot of brothers and sisters at our church who are members who I love, who have helped me grow and as a believer and as a disciple, who disagree with us on some secondary and tertiary doctrine. Yep. Totally fine. Not It doesn't make them sitting under the authority of a false teacher or vice versa. I'm not fellowshipping with a false,
0: you know, whatever. Yeah, it's just, I'm very passionate about it because I think all of us can be a little too judgy when yeah. we don't need to be. Yeah. I um, mean, we miss out, man. Like, I've met some awesome people I just disagree with on some things. But they're just great dudes, and they love Jesus. We just disagree right? on, on how certain things are laid out in Scripture. Right. Now, now am I going to be a member of your church? Maybe not. Right. Doesn't mean I'm not going to not go hang out, have coffee, have you to my house, laugh with you, pray for you, and just try to encourage you however I can. Sometimes we disagree
1: doctrinally with brothers in Christ. You're both you're both going to inherit the eternal glory, right? You're both gonna end up in the kingdom of God, but we disagree on some secondary issue. That's that should not be a deal breaker for us. Yeah,
0: for sure. And you get you find some good jokes when people make fun of you as a Baptist. Absolutely. So I mean that's always a good time too. <laughs> um so how do we how do we prepare? This should be an easy one, frankly, hopefully. <laughs> but but how do we as people prepare as men? Prepare to encounter these things. Like, how how can we protect ourselves, safeguard our kids, safeguard our families?
1: Yeah, i come back to that episode we did on Godly Men Read the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to know what the Bible says to know when somebody's saying something that doesn't jive with the Bible. So if you don't, you're susceptible to being a victim of bad teaching. Yeah,
0: definitely. Setting yourself up for failure right away. Yeah. Yeah, I would just go back and listen to that episode. It's, It's on the list. Yeah. Hey, if you don't know, go ask somebody. Get that figured out, but spend that time figuring out what you really believe before you go calling someone a heretic. I'll say
1: a different figure out what the Bible
0: says about it. Yeah. Because that's, that's what you should that's believe. That's what I meant. That's what you should believe. Yeah. Yeah, for certain. And then the only thing I'll add, just because it's been a hot topic recently on the, uh, the social medias, don't disallow your wife from reading Christian literature if you haven't read it yet because you don't think she can handle figuring that on her own.
1: You know, just when I think I've heard every possible trite, waste of time christian argument you throw in
0: a new one dude it was crazy amen like 2 weeks ago it was like hey my wife's not allowed to read anything that i haven't read first like that is the weirdest thing ever um women shouldn't be able to teach women in the church that's not right that's crazy that's not right but man it was a knockdown drag out fight and people were like holding to their guns and it's nuts to me i think those men need to go do more hard things yeah you
1: got time you got that kind of time to read a lady book about
0: home, oh. I've read I've read some lady books. That's not the point, Emory.
1: You got enough time to read lady books about home lady discipline and your of your what you fill in the blank about a, a Proverbs thirty one woman. Go do some push ups. Are you disciplining anybody? You wanna you wanna get the latest Jackie Hill Perry podcast listened to before you let your wife hear it.
0: Go, well they would say you shouldn't let your wife listen to that. Go do some push-ups. It's just nuts, man. But I just I just throw that out there because I man, men specifically, man, encourage your wives. Yeah, should you let your wife go grab the Joyce Meyer book off the Walmart shelf? Clap that out
1: of her hand
0: it's and delightly take it in the toilet paper aisle where it belongs. Hand her a better book, sure. Yeah, 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 plenty.
1: If you're look, if your wife or anyone in your life is reading bad theology, bad teaching for anything other than critical, you know, criticism or whatever. Absolutely, step in there, get involved. But let's do more push-ups and less being a
0: bully. Yeah, how about this? How about you grab a Bible and read it with your wife? Hey, wash her in the watering of the Word. Yeah, read it with her. And then guess what? She will naturally, as you disciple your family, have some discernment about such things.
1: And if she doesn't have the discernment to identify good books, I'm going to question your leadership
0: in the home as a godly man. Are you fulfilling your responsibility to lead well? And if you don't think you can, then, hey, wake up call. Stop doing push-ups and go find a guy that can help you grow in your faith so that you can be a spiritual leader in your home. I would just to say a different, still do the push-ups, but instead of reading the lady
1: book, go f- do push-ups, man. Go find a man who can, yes, do everything you just said. That, that's so nutty. I'm using the lady book about any book that's fine for women <laughs> and and I am I'm a blessed man my wife has discernment and she loves the Lord she loves his word and she reads a lot of books now when I met her she did not read books but the Lord has set her on fire and just she she loves learning about the things of the Lord and so she actually got great discernment so maybe I can't speak to everybody maybe your wife's just really into <laughs> bad theology.
0: Uh, but yeah, you've got a different posture of leadership. she got books by any of the people we mentioned tonight in a negative way.
1: Yeah, Just chuck them. Look, it's fire season. You know, house is cold. Fire up your wood
0: stove. Chuck those in there. Go do some push-ups. Dude, there's a new virus in Britain. Save them for TP when the shelves are low. Great. We used yellow pages in our outhouse, so. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Two-holer
0: outhouse. Two-holer. I've heard. Okay. <laughs> that- I think we did it. I knew this was going to be a long one, but hey, seriously, thanks for sticking it out. I think it's an important topic, and I know we didn't cover it all.
1: No, and and look, we probably if we made you mad, we might be sorry. It just depends which part made you mad. But come back because we're not going to talk about this every week. We're probably done with this for a while. So, and look, it's everybody probably heard a name in here. They were like, "Oh, I really like that guy," and that's okay. That's all right. We still we still think you're cool. We, <clears throat> by the way. Shout out to our African listeners. This is a total non-sequitur here. We're just shifting. I forgot to mention it. We're at number 127 podcast in Rwanda. That is awesome. Yeah. Number 18 in the category Christianity, 23rd in uh, like spirituality, I think it was.
0: Spirituality originally overall.
1: Yeah. And then in Kenya too, we got a growing audience. So we just want to shout out again, all of our listeners uh, around the world, Africa, New Zealand, UK, super cool. Germany
0: this week, my place of birth.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, uh, shout out to all those guys. Do we have speed dating questions before we button this up? We definitely need to do some. I got one. What is your favorite donut place
0: and type of donut? Ulbrich's. Okay. Here, it is fast. Like, it's easy because it wasn't the case until, like, I don't know, like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah. They make a donut that—I don't like filled donuts. I think they're of the devil. Typically. I could not. You couldn't be more wrong on a take. But. Heretic. They have one that that has, I'm a pastry heretic. Yeah. Pagan pastries. They inject it somehow. Magic. Sorcery. I don't know. With this peanut butter filling. And then they ice it with peanut butter type icing. But it doesn't taste like peanut butter. It's like fluffy. Okay. And as I talk about it, I'm, I'm doing hand motions. Like I'm very passionate about this. But dude, straight up. Like, my mom worked at Jim's Donuts in Vandalia in the 60s. Like, I feel like I owe Jim's a shout-out. Like Love Jim's Donut. Jim's yeah. is great. Very good. But brick's a peanut butter, I don't know what they call it. Just deliciousness. Okay. Is it a chocolate donut or a vanilla? No, it's just or a regular, regular old white, donut, white with donut filled with peanut butter amazingness and okay. fluffiness and icing.
2: Okay. Mm. David? This may sound heretical, but every time I go to McDonald's for breakfast, I get their apple fritter. I don't know what it is about. That apple fritter, but I I love
0: it. I didn't know they had apple fritters at McDonald's. They do.
1: I love an a fritter or a bear claw. Yeah, always. I'm not a really a donut one. guy, but I do like the pastry. I like a donut. Uh, Centerville, Ohio has uh, Bill's Donuts.
0: I think didn't Bills used to be like Jims, or they were together and they split or something. I,
1: I can't speak to there. that, and I don't want to be accused of uh, donut aficionado. Well, I I love a donut, but Jims or Bill's Donuts rather is great. I like a Jims donut too. I am a filled donut guy, like a vanilla cream. I like a jelly. I like a long John. Any of those really with, as long as
2: there's something in the middle, a tree. You pour it at your belly every time you say I'm a donut guy.
0: I've never heard anyone called a long John. (laughs)
2: Well, I don't know how
1: you say it in Virginia, but (laughs) yeah. Anyway, I've not found a lot of donuts I don't love, but, uh, and then shout out to, I think it's called Sweetwater Donuts in Battle Creek, Michigan. They had some Unreal. I mean, again, I, I valiantly defeated and fought obesity most of my childhood, and uh, they contributed significantly to my, to my, uh, husky, husky
0: acid wash jeans. Rubenesque.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a rotund fella, portly, portly gentleman.
2: Anyway, grew into it. Yeah, I grew into it. I grew into it. David, uh, what's your question for the week? My question is: Your most painful experience as a child like the injury that 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 was was the most painful painful. yeah thank thank god you said injury not 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 emotionally because i
1: know what yours is it involves a school bus (laughs) yeah it does uh emery did you have like any
0: bad bone breaks or anything like that i never i never broke any bones till i was in the marines but i i vividly remember the best injury i had as a kid okay i had a huffy rawhide banana bike i actually looked one of these up on ebay recently they are not cheap now but— Should have held on to it. So we, we lived in Virginia, in Hopewell, Virginia. And there was this hill outside of our house. It went down. you get some good speed on, you'd come up on the other side of it. And we used to ride down this road all the time. And I decided one day, hey, I'm, I got this figured out, the no hands thing. Yeah, I'm going to do no hands and no feet. So I decided I was going to put my feet up.
2: Yeah, smart. Right there on
0: the front, mm-hmm. going really, really fast down yeah. this hill. Dude, I wiped out a shirtless— this is before I had my personal information tattooed on my body so it was safe. <laughs> um, I wrecked, man, and I tore the the skin like from like right here near my neck all the way down like to my shoulder. Just wrecked it. Yeah, yeah. And it I didn't go to the hospital or anything. I think my mom just like washed it with a water hose and like <laughs> no, threw some bandages on it. I don't think hospitals existed until like nineteen ninety four. Yeah, that was I think that was like my worst injury. As back. a kid that off the top of my head, and it was dumb. Back teen and an ace bandage went a long way back
1: in the day. Oh, yeah. Um, mine was definitely German Shepherd-related. A German Shepherd ate my face when I was four. That was pretty significant. That explains it. <sighs> yeah, bro. It was gnarly. Check out. Uh, I got, yeah, anyway.
2: For me, it was, I was going to tell my bike story, but every better than mine, so I won't. Um, How about the motorcycle story? Which one? <laughs> the one where I dropped it on my knee, the one where I got rear-ended. I have a lot of motorcycle stories, but the, the one that I find the most entertaining now that I'm an adult, I loved the little dollar or 50 cent, whatever they were, gumballs. Yeah. You out of the machine. Bruce, the portly child that was around my age, also really, really enjoyed them. I got one one day. I didn't have a quarter to give him. He wanted my gumball. I told him no. He pushed me. I fell into this bush that had just pristinely been manicured yeah, with every single stick sticking out of it. And I took a tree branch through my kneecap at Oof. about eight or nine years old and screamed and screamed. But that was the one I... The, who, who got the gumball? I didn't. I ate it as I fell. <laughs> Committed. Worth it. Yeah. What I like. Yeah, I still got that nasty score, but...
1: I nearly choked to death on that <laughs> gumball that day, but I won. Yeah. That's great. Emory, you got any speed dating questions today or no? Yeah, I'm
0: I'm thinking of one as I'm sitting here admiring my Tracer ball mix Christmas tree lights. It's it's Christmas is upon us.
1: It is.
2: So, favorite Christmas movie? Oh, great question. Easy question. Go ahead, David. A a Christmas Story. Yeah. Every every year I watch it. The morning. I saw the TBS, 24-hour, I watch it nonstop. Best movie ever. Why? It's it's just a, a quintessential Christmas movie for me. I, I've watched it every year since I was—since I can remember. It's a and, tradition. Yeah. Super quotable. Yeah. Lots of great one-liners. Yeah, and the Santa Claus in it is just brutal and mean, and I,
1: I loved it when I was a kid, so— So we shot guns with the kids at your house mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. Uh, praise God. <laughs> Proud to be an American. The next day, we were shooting their Bantam twenty-two at my house, and— <laughs> My my son was like, hey, where's that metal sign that we could shoot? And my other son goes, haven't you seen the Christmas story? <laughs> don't you know that you're going to shoot your eye out if you shoot something metal? And I was like, well, he's not wrong. So we shot paper.
2: Yeah, that's Anymore.
1: smart. Emery, uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? You got one? Because I'm between like 12 and I got to get it narrowed down. I, think, I don't know if I have a favorite favorite.
0: I love Elf. Sure. Yeah, love Elf. Very fun. Great. Um, but I love, I watch Die Hard every year. Yeah. I don't care if Bruce, Bruce Willis said it's not a Christmas movie. I don't care. I'm a Die Hard 2 guy. It's snowing and they're in Great an airport. One. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one too. But yeah, Die Hard, Elf, those are like my go-tos. But Elf, if I want to laugh, Die Hard if I want action. You have a Die Hard event calendar at your house. <laughs> yes, I do. And that's my favorite thing. Best $14 I ever spent. You are
1: so, your collection is, it continues to hey, sound. And just,
0: just I feel like I have to like defend myself for a second on the whole collectible thing. Okay. It sounds weird when you guys bash my breast pump collection. and don't mention that it's my wife's, not mine.
1: She is a lactation yeah. expert.
0: She's a lactation consultant. She's a doctor of nursing practice and a NICU. That's like the first thing I saw when I walked into your house. I know, but man, you dude. You were so happy to show like, me. People have even said, like, why do you collect breast pumps in, like, an accusing way? And I'm like, it is <laughs> I mean, so anyway.
1: It's non-traditional. And I think the fact that you have them positioned so closely to the squirrel calls, I thought they were squirrel calls. So I was like squeezing them because they got a little bulb on They look like a car horn, not like a glass car horn. So I was like, oh, is this another squirrel call? And you're like.
0: I was like, that's not where your lips go, Brian.
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So I got a lot of favorite Christmas movies. I love them all. Everybody loves uh, Christmas Vacation, of course. That's a, a classic. Yeah. There's a million good ones. One that's kind of underrated that I like a lot because I'm a big Danny DeVito fan is Deck the Halls with Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito. Asen- nobody's ever seen it. I seen it. Yeah. Okay, essentially DeVito is a car salesman. He moves into this nice neighborhood that he can't afford, and Matthew Broderick lives there. Broderick's like the Christmas guy. His whole thing is Christmas. He he's grown. 10 years of Christmas trees in an orchard. So every year they go cut the new tree and they're all different sizes. And it's, he's obsessed. Well, DeVito moves in and he's trying to get some glory. So he puts on this Christmas light display that you can see from space. It's great. A lot of cheap laughs, very fun movie. Check it out this year. Uh, Deck the halls. I like that one. It's kind of a sleeper. People don't know about, about it. To check that one out. Yeah, that's yeah, good. I celebrate Danny DeVito's whole catalog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: Okay. I wasn't expecting that.
1: It's a great movie. I don't well, the, know. The Danny
0: DeVito love. I like
1: the regular ones too. I mean, I like uh, like uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Twins. <laughs> I was talking about <laughs> Christmas movies. Twins of Christmas movies. Twins is a great movie. Not a Christmas movie though. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did it. Boys questions. Yeah. This is a hard uh, topic to cover. If you have questions or you fear that like you're you're wondering about a guy that you're into you can write in the godly manhood podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook Emery's happy to plug in fill you in let you know if there's a better uh, option if you're into somebody and you're looking for a better way we'll we'll happily guide you that way also prayer requests speed dating questions any of that stuff you want to kick in uh, our way we're we're happy to oblige so hit us up
0: yeah thanks for being with us again tonight and we will see you next week peace